Here's why you might want to choose Anchor Butter like we do here at Bulletproof. Anchor Butter products are made with milk from grass-fed, free-range cows that has a richer taste versus butter made with milk from barn-raised, non-grass-fed animals. Butter from grass-fed cows is also proven to be higher in omega-3, beta-carotene, and vitamin A. Anchor Butter is made with 100% fresh cream from cows that graze in the green pastures of New Zealand and are never treated with growth hormones. They add nothing but a touch of salt. The fresh cream is slow churned to release the water and then packed into blocks that are immediately frozen, locking in the freshness and rich butter. At Anchor, they take care of natural resources for future generations by championing the health of farms and waterways, looking after their animals, and building thriving communities where the people who run the company live and work. They use their expertise and ingenuity to produce the highest quality dairy products for today and tomorrow. They're constantly exploring the potential of dairy so that they can create new ways for you to enjoy its natural goodness. Dairy is an incredible source of nutrition, which is why Anchor Butter wants to share its natural goodness with the world. Nutrition for Life is their commitment to make great products and provide nutritional education so you can make the best choices for you and your family. People all over the world want to know what's in their food. Anchor ensures that the labeling on their products meets all global food labeling standards so consumers can be certain of what's in their products and where it comes from. So do yourself a favor and make your next cup of Bulletproof Coffee with Anchor Butter. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. For 25 years, I've had a strong passion for understanding the science behind why we age and what we can do about it. One of the most groundbreaking discoveries in the last two decades is senolytics. Senolytics are plant-derived or pharmaceutical ingredients that can help your body drop old, worn-out cells. Scientists call them senescent cells, and in my books, I call them zombie cells. As you age, those senescent cells build up in your body. They live for a long time, and they eat up your energy. There is a hack for this. It's called Qualia Synolytic. Your podcast sponsor, Neurohacker Collective, created Qualia Synolytic. It eliminates those zombie cells and has a clinical study that supports its effectiveness. I really felt a difference in how my body moved after just a couple months on Qualia Synolytic. It's upped my energy level even more, and my joints feel really good. If you're over 30 and you want to use a clinically tested formula to help you feel younger, try Qualia Synolytic. To get younger now, visit neurohacker.com Dave and try it risk-free for up to 100 days. Use code Dave at checkout to get 15%. That's neurohacker.com Dave. Use code Dave. When you hear someone talk about blood sugar, you might zone out. That's because a lot of us think that it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic that everyone should understand. If you want to feel good and have energy, you need to balance your blood sugar. Research shows that even healthy people have wild swings in their blood sugar right after they eat, and spikes in blood sugar make your pancreas work harder. They also make you older, and they put you at a greater risk for weight gain, heart attack, and stroke. Here's why I'm talking about this. Bioptimizers has a new product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. You take two capsules 15 minutes before a meal. Your body will push carbs and glucose into your muscles for use as fuel instead of fat. That means you get stable energy and you don't have that post-meal crash. Better yet, you can improve your workouts and get better gains at the gym. But the biggest benefit is that it'll improve your overall health. Just go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health for an exclusive 10% off. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. 
Today's cool fact of the day is that your body makes, on an average day, 640 quadrillion free radicals. Unless, of course, you do endurance exercise, in which case you can multiply that number times 100. Now, 640 quadrillion is a big number because you have only one quadrillion mitochondria in your body, which is kind of interesting because that number is much larger than the number of cells in your body, which is also larger than the number of bacteria in your gut. Free radicals are kind of a cool thing, and we're going to be talking about those more today. If you're interested in this kind of thing, if you saw the podcast with Naveen Jain recently, we talked about a new service called Viome, that's a V-I-O-M-E, that gets measurements four times a year of your mitochondrial function, as well as the entire gut biome, your fungal load, your bacterial load, not just the load, but the actual species involved, including viruses and even bacteriophages. This is probably the most exciting new set of data in the human body that I've come across. So you can actually see what your mitochondria are doing what they're supposed to do and whether all these external things that are in your body are affecting you. If you go to viome.com and use code bulletproof, uh, in fact, right now I'm pretty sure that they still have some free copies of Headstrong left, which is kind of a good deal. And that's while supplies last. So you might get one of those and they'll put you to the front of the line. There's a big wait list for it. Uh, I'm on the advisory board of the company, but they're not paying me to tell you to do that. I just think it's incredibly cool. It's one of the most exciting technologies. That's Viome.com with code Bulletproof. All right. Next up, I've heard that a lot of people in the biohacking community and just people who want to take care of themselves have had trouble with how much they overpay for life insurance because life insurance companies haven't caught up with all the new science that changes the way different types of food and exercise and diets are viewed by the scientific community. Life insurance companies are still telling you to eat fat-free toast and crap like that. So, for example, if you're committed to the Bulletproof diet, you might have an increased level of good cholesterol called HDL that's protective. But some life insurance companies are going to lump all cholesterol into one negative category based on science that's actually been rejected by the American Heart Association, but the life insurance companies still do it. And that decision can increase what you pay for life insurance. So if you're listening to this podcast, you care about your health. And a company called Health IQ advocates for health-conscious lifestyles, and they think you should actually be rewarded for it. So they use science and data to get you lower rates on insurance from the health companies, things for people who are health-conscious, cyclists, runners, even vegans and vegetarians, weightlifters, people on Bulletproof. In fact, research has shown that people with a high health IQ are 42% less likely to be obese and have a 57% lower risk of early death, and they get to be in the hospital less. So a lot of people don't know their health IQ, and they don't know that their health IQ can save them money on life insurance. So it's worth checking out. Right now, Bulletproof Radio listeners can learn more and get a free life insurance quote by going to healthiq.com bulletproof. That's healthiq.com bulletproof to learn your health IQ and to learn more about life insurance for people who pay attention to their health. If you haven't gone to Amazon with Headstrong and just left a review, I'd be really grateful if you did that. Headstrong recently hit, this is actually uh, like blew me away. Headstrong hit uh, the science monthly bestseller list right between two really well-known books. One's called Homo Deuce and the other one's called Sapiens is on the same list as The Hidden Life of Trees and The Undoing Project, and some other just epic books. So this, as an author, this is an unexpected and just a huge honor to be on the monthly science list, not the advice list. If you're not an author, maybe you don't know the difference between the list, but 
technically that one's called The Big League. So if you take a second to just review the book on Amazon and say that it did something useful for you, um, I would be really grateful uh, for your support on that. All right. Today's interview is going to be really fun. This is one that's recorded live in studio at Bulletproof Labs here on Vancouver Island. So if you have a chance to watch it on video, you'll actually see a live video. And at the end of this, I'm actually gonna show you some new tech that's kind of cool. You can go to bulletproof.com slash YouTube to find the channel with all this kind of stuff on it. Or if you're in your car, you're at work and you're not gonna do video, that's okay. We won't do anything that you can't process with just your ears alone. Today's guest is Hans Ng, and we're gonna have another guest towards the end of the show as well. Hans has a degree in materials science and applied technology, and he's a co-founder of a company called uh, NanoV. And mm-hmm. NanoV, actually the company is called Eng3. Eng3, yeah. Eng3, they make NanoV. There you go. Uh, you can tell I've got my show notes right here, but I read them backwards. So NanoV is uh, the 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 stuff that I've been using lately. It, it's actually a form of tech and something that, that's kind of blown me away. But I wanted to have Hans on because Hans is one of these guys who can go really, really deep on the structure of water. Uh, in fact, he works with Gerald Pollack sometimes, who was also on the show, who wrote The Fourth Phase of Water and spoke at the Bulletproof Conference. So we're gonna talk about what's going on in your mitochondria. This is kind of a theme for the year given Headstrong. And we're gonna talk about free radicals. And when I speak with him, I just find that there's an enormous amount of things, little small details around protein folding and stuff like that, that I'm not super clear on, that he's clear on. We won't make it so geeky that you're just bored, but you're going to learn a thing or two about how the body works and how you can have a little bit more control over how much energy you have. So I'm pretty excited. I've dug deep in this technology and played with it for a while, but haven't talked about it before. This is the first time I'm really coming out with it. So Hans, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me here. Now, you are obviously from Germany. I am from Germany, from Berlin, yeah. From Berlin. And your training in material science was in Germany? It was in Germany, yeah. At first, uh, I worked in the field at a big company, medical device company. Uh, We were uh, focused on the latest material, newest material structure that is needed for implants, for hip implants. Oh, neat. So that was the part where... Uh, cell biology is basically connecting to a product and material science is not only the metal component it is also the biological material the proteins it is a a ridiculously complex thing to do implants Uh, lana and i started a a medical lab testing company that was funding biological uh, basically immune responses to implant materials that weren't well known in the industry for a while Mm -hmm. And in fact, I would call it one of the more challenging things. And you get, no offense, Elon, if you're listening, but neural lace, implantable stuff in the brain, like, I think we're going to have some problems with material science there that are not on the radar. <laughs> Do you agree, by the way? Yeah, we, there's a lot of challenge, yeah. We, we have to know these different components who are actually in the game there yeah, to make the right choice. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I, I think we can get that from the surface of the skin or even from off the body without having to like stick stuff in the body, but that's just me. Now, first question, why do all the weird and interesting medical advances happen in Germany first? Competition, I guess. Yeah, high competition simply to survive in a field of a lot of other companies. Yeah? And you have to dig in, you have to educate as much as possible yourself that a product comes out that is reliable and 
is proving to work. So we have this, like, like the sort of stereotypical German precision uh, where uh, there's a lot of respect for German engineering and BMW, things like that. Uh, but I've also, just as a, as a biohacker and an anti-aging guy, for many years, some of the top innovations, it's either like they came out of the Russian space program or they came out of Germany. And it's a very unnatural distribution across all of the different countries out there. Is there some sort of like an educational thing, a perspective, like, like why is the perspective on, on energetic medicine coming out of Germany far ahead of the rest of the world? Um, one thing is education, no okay. question. Yeah. Um, we have, as you know, in Germany, a good education system mm -hmm. goes in all different directions. Yeah. And uh, we have different approaches, maybe even into society. Yeah to prevent a problem or to solve when a problem happens in a different way. Yeah? So there are some needs in different societies. Yeah? When we see in Germany, we have a highly aging society. Yeah? Uh, we have to address the entire health structure in society in a different way than we have to address it in some other societies. I was hoping you were going to say beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. Beer isn't bulletproof. Right, you guys know that. Take your charcoal if you're going to have your beer, etc., etc. And drink German beer is good, right? So if you're going to drink beer, it has gluten and whatever. Don't drink beer. Drink vodka. Anyway, not to distract from things. Let's talk about how you migrated from uh, medical devices into something, what you're doing with Eng3. It's a, a medical device that makes, uh, tell me if I'm saying this right, uh, basically a, a water vapor that is exclusions on water, the stuff that, that Gerald Pollock talked about, that carries a certain signal. How did you get into even thinking about carrying a signal in structured water that you mm -hmm. breathe? Yeah. Um, the general background is a combination of material science. We know what biomolecules are and how they work today. And all our proteins are biomolecules. And by the way, the proteins they, we have in our body are the workhorses, so any mm -hmm. kind of function in our body is executed by these proteins, and we call them uh, enzymes, hormones, yeah, a lot of motor proteins. Yeah, so everything that is being executed that we can live is done by proteins. Yeah? So we know the structure since more than 100 years, yeah, the well researched, all these things. We know the quantity, how many we have. We assume that our body has minimum 1 million different proteins. Yeah? And to address the problems that come with a loss of protein function, for our approach is not to replace a miss missing protein, a damaged protein. It is to improve the body's ability to reinstall the protein function. Yeah? So that is our background. The second one is biophysics. We are not in chemistry. Yeah? We are, our background is physics. And the process of the protein function installment is a protein folding. That is a pure biophysical process. And that is related to the environment where the proteins are embedded in, and that is the water in the cell. In, in the past oh, 20 or so years of looking at computational biology, we've had this this problem, which was how do we predict how a protein is going to fold? So we get a set of instructions from DNA, and then we unwrap it with RNA mm -hmm. and read it, basically. And then we say, all right, we're going to make a protein. And 
trying to predict how that protein is going to look, like how it's going to fold, has been just from a computer science perspective, really difficult. And we've mm-hmm. gotten there to the point where we're relatively predictive some of the time, would you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about, though, is less about how a new protein is formed and more about how an existing protein gets either damaged or unfolded or misshapen and then gets repaired. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, the protein folding uh, sequences and um, R&D that we and research that we see today is very often related to uh, the intent to produce an artificial protein, Mm -hmm. to replace a missing component in our body. Our approach is uh, assuming that we have the right amino acids in our body. We need 20 to build all the proteins. And that that comes from food. That comes from food. 10 of them we have to eat. The other 10 our body produces. Then assuming that the DNA is correct, so the blueprint that creates the uh, amino acid chain to build the first level for the protein, that that all works. Yeah? The next and the last most important step in the body is the protein folding. Yeah? And the protein folding mechanism is a thermodynamic process that is the same for all proteins. Yeah? What? It, so if someone's listening to the show right now, they're probably, if they're not into like really deep biology stuff, why would you care about protein folding? Mm-hmm. Only the folded protein is able to execute the task that it is designed for. Okay. So the unfolded protein is not possible to do anything in our body. The usual, the natural process is folding a protein, and it's also natural, you mentioned in the beginning, the oxidative stress that always occurs is unavoidable in our body, will also always damage the proteins. So that is a natural process. By more having a higher task in our lifestyle, um, we are doing sport, we have a far higher performance level in, in our li- daily life. Yeah? When we think about it, it's thinking for several hours, intensively thinking, generates, needs the same amount of ATP like running a marathon. Yeah? So if we do this, and we are doing it now far later in our life, because if, if we do amazing. exercise, you're saying, or yeah? okay. if we are working hard, yeah? if mm-hmm. we are sitting, in offices working hard, yeah? we are running marathons with our brain. We are producing the oxidative stress. We are producing the damaging events. Yeah? So the question is, how can we assist the body to repair this damage? We are not interested to avoid the damage. That is more your lifestyle, yeah? your environment. We assist it to repair it so that you can keep your performance level high. It, is it safe to look at at least some of the proteins in the body as kind of little molecular machines? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And they are working very fast. Yeah? That's one of the problems why we don't know so much about them. Uh, yeah. They are folding in picoseconds. They have a very short lifetime. They are only there when they are needed in the right amount, at the right place when they are needed. Yeah? Uh, other proteins are turning unnecessary proteins off. Yeah? So that is a constantly little, uh, we call it cell activity, kind of little thunderstorm in our cells, turning okay. on, turning off. Uh, so in Having the best so we have these little proteins, and if you ever get a chance to see one on online, and we'll probably in the blog post for this, I'll get some pictures of them. But these are incredibly complex, look like a, like a ball of yarn, basically, yeah. like very complex. And what that is, it's a little machine. And in order to power the machine, we're getting electrons that come from mitochondria, right? Uh, mitochondria is generating these things. I may be simplifying. Yeah. Tell me where I'm oversimplifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the proteins they're executing then biochemically a lot of work. Yeah? Right. And the, bomb, the, the uh, fuel for biochemical reactions is the ATP. 
Yeah, that right. is why the mitochondria produces ATP out of oxygen and glucose yeah, mm -hmm. to fuel all biochemical reactions. Yeah. And so the ATP, uh, essentially, when one of the P's is stripped off, it frees up an electron that goes through the electron transport chain, which is then used by the protein. So yeah. the protein doesn't use the ATP directly, it uses an electron that's, that's basically made through the ATP resynthesis? Yeah, there are, right. yeah, there are different, different mechanisms. Yeah. So two proteins, several proteins coming together, they create a new molecule that is executing something else. Okay. Very complex. So we'll see if we can zoom out on that mm -hmm. uh, for listeners who aren't as geeky as maybe you and I are. If you were to look at this little machine, a, a very tiny, very fast-acting protein, and it's got to get raw materials, which may be other proteins, they may be amino acids, maybe fats, whatever the inputs are, and it needs energy to do this. And what what we know, and certainly what you've been working with for a while, is that when you make that energy and you use that energy in proteins, you cause damage to some of the proteins some of the time. They become folded the wrong way, they become damaged. Yes. Accurate? Basically, they unfold. That is the most most common thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, they unfold and then they must be refolded so that they can be functional proteins. What happens if you have proteins that are damaged or unfolded or that are, are shaped the wrong way because of biological activity? What do they do in the body if they're hanging around? Yeah. Um, Unfolded proteins simply do nothing. No? Well, they, they take up space at a minimum, right? <laughs> they take up space, yeah. So the, the DNA, the blueprint, uh, creates these proteins. They are in there. They don't do anything. They, they don't they create free radicals. They don't make you get wrinkles. I mean, like no, they don't do anything. They cannot execute any biochemical reaction. No? Mm -hmm. So therefore, they are pretty useless. In this They're moment. useless, but I mean, if 50% of your body weight was misfolded proteins... You'd be fat, right? Uh, if you don't even need fifty percent, <laughs> yeah, you need far less. You simply stop living, <laughs> right? Okay, so so it's it's not a good thing to have non-functioning proteins in the body, right? You'll be more youthful and have more energy if the proteins you have are all able to do what they were basically printed from DNA to do. Yes, yes. Okay. So. Um, Everybody knows hemoglobin, yeah, that's a protein. Oh, probably yeah. not. So hemoglobin is a protein in your blood that carries oxygen. Okay. Yeah. And um, if they are not working anymore, yeah, for example, we cannot transport oxygen anymore. Right. We have lot, uh, low oxygen uh, generation. If you have certain enzymes in your digestion system that are not working, yeah, they are maybe there, but they are unfolded, not working, you don't metabolize food. Yeah? So you see that if the function is lost, uh, if the protein folding isn't there, the function is lost. Yeah? And most of the functions that we lose or can lose are not recognizable by us. Yeah? Because more than one million proteins run all the functions, most of the functions in our body are not recognizable. And that yeah? we just don't know what they are. And we don't know what they are. Yeah? Okay. And we also cannot influence. Yeah? We cannot influence the speed of our digestion. Yeah? We cannot influence uh, in a lot of areas our autonomic norm system. Yeah? So we cannot influence the growth speed of ourselves. So. But we, we can, <laughs> so, right? Just take human growth hormone, for instance. It seems like we have some influence there. Yeah, when you take these hormones because they are missing, but if they are in your body, yeah, you mm -hmm. cannot, with your mind or anything, you cannot influence to work some better. Are you sure about that? Mm, kind of. 
<laughs> so the, the, the reason I'm asking that mm -hmm. is, is if you do, say, heart rate variability training exercises or mm -hmm. with the neurofeedback stuff that we do at 40 Years of Zen, mm -hmm. we incorporate heart rate variability, but you can actually do things with your brain that affect your, your heart. When your heartbeat changes, the magnetic field around the heart changes. Mm -hmm. Mitochondria are listening to that. You mm -hmm. can influence energy production, yeah. which then influences protein generation. Uh, another thing that, that mm -hmm. isn't... Uh, isn't well known is that when you have ketones present, and this is kind of cool, whether they come from exogenous mm -hmm. ketones like brain octane, uh, but not necessarily from ketone salts because half of them are not bioidentical, slight issue there, you actually can more easily read the DNA through something called HDAC. And mm -hmm. so things like that, an environmental input that allows you to make mm -hmm. more energy or to more easily get yeah. instructions like that. It seems like we have some degree of control, but we don't have it at the protein level. We can say this protein, we don't even know what it does for most of them. Mm -hmm. So we can't say this protein upregulate that just mm -hmm. because it, it's too complex. But there's, there's high level yeah. things we can do meditation wise or breathing or cold yeah. or environmental variables that we know trickle down 50,000 steps to make a protein different. All right, right. We... we um, if we are able to do consciously influencing our ATP production, mm -hmm. that is what we do with correct breathing yeah, to avoid other uses for ATP. Yeah? So let us say we should not do, we can override our protein function capacity by, for example, not giving enough time to our body to do certain things. Yeah? So if I decide... Uh, you mentioned the amount of um, mitochondria that we have that also tells us then that we have only a certain amount of ATP that we produce. Yeah? So if we override the use of ATP by simply saying, I do sport, I do exercise, or I do thinking, yeah? mm -hmm. this ATP is not available for other very important tasks for biomolecules. Yeah? So That's in this true. moment, we cannot have a good autonomic system balanced because that uses ATP if that is not available because we do sport or we do, we force our body to do other physical or mental performance, huh? then the performance so, so is you, not being executed. So you're saying if you overtrain in the gym or you overwork in the office or wherever else, that you're using this energy that probably should have gone to making better proteins in the body. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, we all know this uh, if you don't have enough rest and we don't sleep yeah. enough yeah? we are not regenerating enough because the repair process needs atp yeah? and if that is not available we are not regenerating this is one of the reasons that that when i work with these like ceo types uh, who are type a not only do i want to grow my company rapidly i'm also going to run an ultra marathon i'm going to do the, the mm -hmm. kona iron man mm -hmm. uh, and i'm going to fly all around the world while i'm doing all mm -hmm. this and then you look at their heart rate variability, their autonomic nervous system is trashed. And, and my belief after writing Headstrong is it's pretty clear that there's an energy thing that's going on here. It mm -hmm. starts with mitochondria. There just isn't enough energy. Even if you eat more, even if you go into ketosis, even if you do these things, there's enough time and energy and communication in the cells to allow full repair and recovery. So you start declining. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you, all, you also have concentrated though very much on Free, uh, free radical formation. We mentioned at the beginning, in fact, the cool fact of the day was something that you told me about the fact that if you're doing endurance exercise regularly, you're getting 100 times more free radicals than normal. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing in that free radicals can be helpful, yeah, uh, but they can also be harmful depending on what they are and where they are and whether you have enough energy to deal with them. 
Talk a little bit more about what free radicals do in this whole system of protein folding. Yeah. Um, like you said, free radicals are not only harmful, they're very essential. Yeah? Most people don't know that. We've mm -hmm. been programmed through 35 years of antioxidants will save mm -hmm. the world sort of thing uh, to believe that, that free radicals are bad. Mm -hmm. What is a good free radical versus a bad free radical? Yeah. Um, they are the same molecules, yeah. The question is what kind of task they are doing. Yeah? So any kind of inflammation yeah, is uh, involving huge amount of free radicals. Yeah? So the free radicals are a kind of protection shield for our entire body. Yeah? Free radicals are a protection shield. Yeah, okay. Think about you have a splinter yeah? uh -huh. or you have an open wound and viruses, bacteria are coming in. Yeah? They have to be killed by the body. Yeah? So the only thing that the body can produce are... Uh, Beside antibodies, that is a different other leak, yeah, um, free radicals. We make hydrogen peroxide in our immune cells to kill yeah. things, right? right? And hydrogen peroxide is a free radical. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So it is a very, very important protection shield for us. Okay, yeah. so that's certainly a positive use of free radicals. But mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what you're doing if you're running 100 miles. Yeah, the free radicals are also, when they go in chemical reactions with different other things, are creating or are causing protein damage. Yeah? Okay. So the protein is unfolding, that's the most common damage. Yeah? They're falling apart. And uh, like you said, this is very weird knot that every protein has yeah? is unfolding and now they cannot execute this anymore. Yeah? Um, the good thing is now that these, some of these free radical or a, a very specific free radical that is an uh, excited oxygen atom, yeah? is able to trigger the repair, to assist the repair. So, so some free radicals tell the cell, it's time to fix yourself, buddy. Other free radicals, though, like peroxynitrite, for instance, and some of these other things, yes. are maybe not ever good for us? E Rarely like, good for us? Like, like e help me understand this. Yeah, like, like we um, just described, if the free radical damages a molecule that is necessary for us, we claim it, it is bad. Yeah, if okay. it's damaged a molecule like a virus that is not good for us, we call it good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it depends always on which kind of the coin we are looking at it. Yeah? The free radicals are essential in the body. They are part of any inflammation and repair process. Yeah? If we suppress the free radical activity in this process, we are even running in bigger problems. Yeah? In fact, if you were to fully suppress free radical production in your body, what would happen? Uh, we would come to this point what our technology is doing or what we apply there is basically proteins would not be able to fold. You, you would die. You would die. Yeah, and, and that is a really important thing. Just like we've had this, this ridiculous thing where, where people say, salt is bad for you, therefore eat no salt, which is terrible for you, right? And in fact, there's pretty good evidence that Getting too much salt is very hard to do because we just noticed mm -hmm. that eating a high salt diet lets you eat 25% more calories without mm -hmm. gaining weight. That's interesting. Yeah. But the point is, in almost every single nutritional dogma that's out mm -hmm. there, ketosis is an example. Sugar is evil and you must never have any carbs for the rest of your life or you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. And if you're endlessly in ketosis, mm -hmm. that's probably not ideal for most people. You might want to come out of that on occasion. So it's about getting the right dose. Yeah. With free radicals, there's types of free radicals. There's doses of free radicals, right? How, how, do, how does someone listening to this know, all right, so 
sometimes I want free radicals, sometimes I don't. What do you do with that knowledge that sometimes seems like, like what's actionable there? That is exactly the difficult task in our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also to, to monitor exactly when do we produce more than we wanted. Yeah? It's not only the sport and the marathon that we are running. Yeah? If we are forcing our body to metabolize anything. Yeah? Well, like yeah. margarine, which creates masses of free radicals that don't. Yeah, have, right? Or if you go back to the beer, yeah? we are eating something. Yeah? We are metabolizing. Enzymes are needed uh, ATP. ATP need oxygen. Oxygen produces free radicals. Yeah? So any kind of biochemical reaction that we are forcing our body to do produces free radicals. Not always bad. Very often they are very important also, like we already visited this topic. Um, the, uh, the, the biology that involved over millions of years yeah, and is dealing with our our, our situation to, to handle the free radicals. Yeah? And it pretty developed a very smart way. Yeah? Okay. And when we think about uh, that, we talk about um, anti-aging, living healthier, performing better, yeah? um, that involves more not avoiding. It also involves more improving the repair capacity in our body right. when we are exposed to this damage. So an example of that would be you do some curls. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're creating free radicals in your bicep, right? Uh, and this is causing a hormetic stress. Hormesis is the idea that you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But if you were to overwhelm the bicep with free radicals to the point you just damaged so many proteins it couldn't repair, you'd get gangrene at a certain point, right? Like you can actually kill much of the cells. Right, so so there's there's a line in there. If I'm doing curls ten times a day every day, I'm probably going to create more free radicals than my body can use as a signaling molecule to repair. Like I'm I'm just doing too much damage. Am I getting this? Um, like I said, the body is very very smart. The biology, yeah. As long your body has a capacity to repair this damage, yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody has a capacity to and, repair this damage, yeah. And the capacity is based on energy, like ATP, or what's it based on? The, that is um, the capacity to provide the needed energy for the thanatoimmunic process to refold damaged proteins. Okay, I, I want to be Wolverine. <laughs> Right, he's you know, so a Wolverine, the the X Men character who you know you, you can you can cut him and shoot him, and magically mm-hmm. he rebuilds his proteins really really quickly. Mm-hmm. How do I get my body to heal like I'm three years old or five years old instead of forty four years old? This is a protein and energy thing. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, what's your take on that? And you yeah. spent ten years working on on this uh, free radical problem and, and cell folding with uh, with Eng three. We're going to talk a little bit more about like what mm-hmm. you've discovered, but uh, what, what can I do now? Um, our approach is not to make you younger. You know? uh-huh. Our approach is to understand, our understanding is to slow your aging. Well, that seems kind of weak. Can you uh, just make me younger? There are so <laughs> many other things involved in this. Sorry, I just had to say that. I, slowing aging is actually a big part of what I'm doing now, so mm-hmm. I can get to the technologies yeah. that make yeah. me younger. But. So let us think, uh, aging is, is the simplest part of our cycle of life. Yeah. yeah. The worst case scenario is actually that we get instead of in, instead of um, distributed damaging effect, yeah, aging, age-related uh, loss of protein function. Uh, the worst case is that we get a chronic disease. Yeah, damage happens on a certain areas of proteins, and we run in chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah? 
And you know, we see that people are running in chronic disease in young ages, yeah. yeah, for a lot of different reasons. You're talking cancer, Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, kind of stuff. Uh, diabetes, uh, cancer, yes, chronic yeah. diseases, the whole range. Yeah, um, they run into it different reasons. One are genetic reasons. Yeah, wrong protein are being built, or they, certain kind of proteins are not being built. The other thing is the environmental um, exposure creates or cannot keep up with repairing correct proteins and they run into this problem. These um, are losing, are leading all to a loss of performance, cellular performance. And we as humans, we basically are concentrated on the performance that is important for us. So thinking, sport, physical thing, Um, performance in the job that is getting down and uh, being handicapped with those things. And we cannot change our environment. We, I mean, our company cannot change the environment that you live in, yeah? but we have the tool to improve the repair capacity. Yeah? Okay. It doesn't matter in what kind of environment you are. A, a big part of my anti-aging strategy, and I've been in a, a few really big media pieces lately, because I, I just find I was like, guys, I'm planning to live to 180 plus. I don't think it's unreasonable. With, with what we know today, 120 is achievable. Just by modulating lifestyle stuff, eating right, doing the things that make you live a long time. And I'm like, in the next 80 or so years, I'm pretty sure that we'll see some improvements in technologies because, well, look what happened over the last 80 years. Things like, oh, we discovered Mm -hmm. mitochondria and antibiotics. (laughs) A few things we didn't know. Mm -hmm. So over the next 80 years, we gotta be able to add 60 years. In fact, probably a lot more than that. I don't think I'm being radical with 180. So... Right now, aging is death by a thousand cuts. And a lot of those are free radical cuts or protein damaging cuts, mm-hmm. right? Where, where okay, it was just one protein that didn't work. And mm-hmm. then another one. And eventually, like, okay, there's a lot of repair that needs to happen here. Mm-hmm. And our ability to repair declines with time as our mitochondrial function declines with time. Mm-hmm. So you fix your mitochondrial function. Now you've got more energy for repair. But then you still need the signals that cause the repair. And old people don't heal as fast as young people. Uh, I just uh, wrote a piece about parabiosis. You take blood from young people and put it in old people and they get younger. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm not doing that. There's a, there's a shortcut. You don't have to do that. You could just use the proteins that are in the old people, or sorry, that are in the young people. They're injectable. But in the meantime, what you've been working on for the last 10 years is something that allows that healing capacity in the cells. It basically sends the signal to the cells to heal faster. Yeah. So if you do less of what causes damage and speed healing, the idea would be that you can extend at a minimum what we call health span, which is your ability to be youthful and healthy as you're old. So no one wants to be 100 years mm-hmm. old if it means you're in a retirement home. Yeah. But if you're 100 years old and you're out riding your bike and hiking with your great grandkids, it's a different picture. And that's what I'd like to at a minimum do. And I plan to do that when I'm 180 with my great, great, great grandkids or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's the approach? Just, just describe the overall approach you've yeah. taken to speeding protein healing yeah. or preventing uh, damage. You're absolutely right. We can get far older. You know, okay. when oh, how old right are you going to be? <laughs> well, I hope that I can get 500 years because there are so many years, things that I would like to see what so, happens so you, in the 500 so years. Everyone's <laughs> hoping for 500 years, but what do you think is achievable for you today? Um, I'm very careful because we, we are not doing that. <laughs> you I, Germans. I too much science, yeah, <laughs> and because people ask for numbers and yeah. for validation. Yeah. 
my goal is to get as long as possible combined with as healthy as possible. Okay. Yeah? So we are already getting far older than the last two generations. Mm -hmm. yeah? And you, you mentioned uh, to, to do a lot of activities with your kids and uh, those things. Yeah? Uh, we are starting third, fourth career in business when we are mid-60 today. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Two generations before, we were sitting in a rocking chair on a porch with six, mid-60 60 and 60. Yeah? Yeah. There was no idea to have this performance level that we have today. Are you stronger, smarter, faster, younger now than you were five years ago? Um, definitely mentally, I would say. Yeah, so uh, your your brain's working better now than it was. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm it, it, and it's okay if you say no. I, mm -hmm. it, it's it's a yeah. it's kind of a hard question because mm -hmm. you know, you say, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing scientifically. <laughs> we all are aging, yeah. but but I'm finding that when people are really paying attention to this, a lot of people are saying, I have better faculties than I did before. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you simply are, you had enough time to apply more knowledge. Yeah? Okay. And you can execute better on a bigger scale, uh, different influences from your knowledge. So that all gives a better picture of having a higher performance. Yeah? Okay. You, lose, you, you use more tools than you have yeah? <laughs> if you have enough time to collect these tools than you have. Got it. Mm -hmm. so, so you're definitely seeing some effect. All right, so, so back to this question of what, what's your approach Mm -hmm. to either fixing or improving this protein damage and protein folding problem. Yeah. Uh, our approach is to assist the body's way identically to, to have the protein folded and refolded again. Yeah? What does that mean? The process in the cells for protein folding is a biophysical process. Yeah? That means the proteins unfolded, um, have to get energy um, into the protein so that they refold. Because it's thermodynamic, an unfavored direction from the unfolded to the folded state. Okay. So only with the help of energy input that happens. The question is, where does the energy come from? Now, what kind of energy is it? When we are talking about a biophysical process, it has to be kind of thermodynamic kinetic energy. Yeah? So since um, decades, we know that the proteins which are embedded in the water in the cell have to be surrounded by water molecules which have a higher order, yeah? which means uh, visually seen, these molecules are a little bit closer together and have a certain kind of um, direction how they are located around the proteins. Then, when enough of these ordered water proteins are around, ordered water molecules are around a protein, the protein can, mm, visually said, can suck out this energy yeah, and turn into a next state in the different state of thermodynamic. It's changing the entropy. The all right, that was, water. that was a little deep for the average person listening. <laughs> Even I was having a hard time following that. All right, take me up a level. Okay. What's going on there? Yeah. Um, the water molecules are providing, the order of the water molecules are providing the energy to the proteins to fold. Yeah? The next question would be how are the water molecules are getting this order? Yeah? That is an energetic process. A certain kind when, of energy has to get absorbed. When you say the water molecules are ordered, now we're talking about structured water, which, which used to be considered like this woo-woo science thing, 
after Gerald Pollock wrote his book mm -hmm. and did like five years of core mm -hmm. water uh, biophysics, water molecules actually do line up in biology. And it's not the same as the water we drink. It's a, a different phase of water that's required for us to fold proteins and required for us to make energy in our mitochondria, right? Yeah. And you're saying, so we, we require energy to put water in that state yes. so that we can fold. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And this energy that is required to get this water in the state is always produced in the cell. And there, By mitochondria. another free radical is being the important thing. Yeah? Okay. That is why another why there is another reason that the free radicals are so important. One very specific free radical is an excited oxygen atom, unavoidable, okay. always being produced by the mitochondria. Excited oxygens, generally excited atoms, doesn't want to stay excited. And, and this is because as we use an electron, when it's done, we've got to put it somewhere, and we put it on an oxygen molecule. Is that accurate? Um, kind of simplistic, but I'm uh, trying to boil a lot of kind, science up. Kind of simplistic. It's more likely that um, the molecule is being ripped apart in the ATP production. One of the atoms has to be, or will get uh, discarded. It's not needed. But during the uh, separation of the two molecules, it happens sometimes that the electron of the one atom is getting pulled to the outside. This is a, an electron leak, and, and mitochondrial inefficiency is what's creating this. And this uh, electron then jumps back mm -hmm. and is emitting a material fingerprint of an electromagnetic. And, and that's energy. the signal that tells the cell to start fixing protein. Yes, the signal is an electromagnetic wave, it's electromagnetic energy, highly absorbable by water molecules, by, by, by water. Yeah? A lot of other electromagnetic energy is not absorbed by water. Yeah. This is why I wanted to have you on the show, because <laughs> no one's ever said this before in a way that I could comprehend, mm -hmm. and I kind of dug deep when I was mm -hmm. doing all this research on the book. If I understand what you're saying correctly, if you think of, of the way maybe a fluorescent light works, or maybe a neon tube, mm -hmm. right? We, we have a gas in there, you excite the gas, and then it, it emits something. The same thing's happening in our cells, but it's just at a much higher, it's in an invisible wavelength. Like a, it's a, a far infrared or yeah. a mm -hmm. very far infrared light mm -hmm. that is generated in the cells. So 1200 nanometers or something yeah. like that, way beyond what we could see. But it's happening in our body all the time. And it's biologically really important. Yeah. Why is that signal that's created by free radicals so important? Um, the biological important thing is what is able to absorb this energy. Uh, so we make that energy when free radicals happen, it changes the water by, basically the water absorbs it, and when the water absorbs it, what happens to the water? Uh, at the surface of these water vessels, you know, we could say in the cell, at the surface, the water molecules are getting ordered. They get ordered. So yeah. this is what causes water to change from being what you drink, which you call bulk water, to being mm -hmm. exclusions on water, which is what Gerald Pollack's body of research is about. Yes. Uh, he, he's referenced in Headstrong. He's been on the show, been on stage. Like This is one of the, the preeminent mm -hmm. discoveries in mm -hmm. biology in, in the last I don't know, 10 yeah. years or something. I, I'm blown away by it. Mm -hmm. so, so you figured out the signal, though, that's causing this comes from free radicals. So if we have no free radicals, we have no structured water. We have no structured water. We can't repair our proteins, and we can't make energy. All right. Okay, and I didn't write in Headstrong at all about protein repair other than that mitochondria provide energy for it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I didn't know you needed structured water to properly fold proteins in your body. And we know from this interview, mm -hmm. if you have damaged proteins or proteins that are misfolded, 
then they're non-functional proteins. Mm -hmm. Therefore, your body doesn't work as well as it should work. Therefore, you're getting older. Yes. If you have all proteins that do what they are designed by your DNA to do, and they're properly powered the way the mitochondrial DNA designs the mitochondria to power them to do, and the environment's set up right, theoretically, we ought to be able to stay young for a long time. If you are always able to repair the damage, you will stay okay. alive for a long, so, long time. So for 10 years, you've been working on some hardware, like a device that does this. How does this thing work? It's, this is the NanoV that I mentioned at the beginning. Okay, so, so we understand the nature of the problem mm -hmm. that's happening in all of our mm -hmm. bodies. Actually, before we even talk about what, what your stuff does, what is Mother Nature's solution to this? Like, like, what would we do if we lived in caves or forests or something? Like, how, how would our bodies naturally uh, approach solving this protein problem? Yeah. Um, most of the energy that is absorbed by the water for doing the protein folding thing is produced by free radicals, by the excited oxygen atom in our cells. Mm -hmm. So we are generating most of this needed energy in our body generally. Okay, and so this is energy that we're generating that structures the water as we need it to be structured yes. so we can fold the proteins. Yes. You say most of it. Most of it. What about the rest? Uh, the rest is why we are aging. <laughs> you cannot keep up. Yeah. So shouldn't I just lay out in the sun and get some more far infrared? <laughs> um, Serious question. The problem is, like, as, like was mentioned, water has a high absorption mm -hmm. uh, capacity for this electromagnetic wave. The sun is emitting the electromagnetic wave, but because the atmosphere is absorbing it, we are not getting very much done. Because of the water vapor and the, the ionosphere. water vapor absorbs okay. it. Yeah? Okay. Only in a certain situation. Yeah? Low water vapor in the sky, yeah? high sun, it could be possible that beside the right source of water vapor then, so the all... sun would have the possibility to influence the water vapor. So we should all move to high deserts. <laughs> high deserts would be with dry air, a good place. That's where I grew up. I, I missed that. I live in a rainforest <laughs> yeah. uh, Vancouver, and you're a Seattle guy, so yeah. all right. <laughs> but by the way, you have a tan. You live in Seattle. What are you doing? Uh, I just came back from a scientific congress in China. Ah, uh, you they cheated. Have good uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have good weather. And yeah, the, the exposure in our life to this specific electromagnetic wavelength is very difficult because. Okay water is always absorbing it. Yeah? As more water is around you, we have vapor, we have humidity, as more it is being absorbed. Okay. Yeah? So some other effects have to come together for um, assisting with technology, the repair process. The water vessels, the water molecules have to be small, yeah? so that the um, volume has a big surface. Yeah? Because we said the ordered water is only happened on the surface. Yeah? You cannot order the water in a bucket of water. Mm -hmm. It is only ordered on the surface. So for having the most out of it, we need small water vessels. And that is why we use humidity, little droplets in the airflow for our technology. Yeah? Okay, so in, in the Nano-V, uh, what you're doing is you're making a water vapor. And, and just so you guys know, for the past, oh, probably six or eight months, I've had this little device on my desk, and you might have seen it in a couple of the videos of Bulletproof Labs here at my house. Uh, and this is I don't know, probably a million dollar facility, well, everything I can find that's gonna make me live longer, and I'll, I'm willing to try it. Uh, this is a thing where I sit there, I'm doing email, or more likely I'm doing neurofeedback, but I'm breathing water vapor. 
and you guys do something inside the machine to the water vapor, so there's a tangible difference in how you feel after, after you do it. You're using this 1200 nanometer, or give or take, and some other stuff in there, um, in order to, to structure the water, and then you breathe the water. But I also have a structured water drinking machine. Why wouldn't I just drink structured water? What's the difference? Uh, like I said, the surface is the important thing. Okay, yeah. so the surface area of water vapor is what, thousands or tens of thousands of times greater? Far bigger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is far bigger. Then uh, the order process um, is not staying forever in a water. Yeah? It so loses you cannot bottle those ordered yeah. water. Yeah? Um, it's a physical process. Yeah? The same thing like. Uh, Bottling high temperature water, <laughs> bottling it hot water. <laughs> out. Yeah? So okay. the same thing is happens yeah. with this kind of energy, energetic state. Yeah, it will dim out. What, yeah? what about carbonated water? Doesn't that, that have more surface area? Because every bubble has more surface area. That is very right. Yeah? Okay, that is correct. When you have it carbonated, yeah. So in the moment you open a shaken bottle, you have a lot of surface. Yeah? Okay, but when you have it open for a while, then the surface is pretty much the same because there are no additional bubbles in there. Okay. Maybe with champagne. So you have to go to the high, high uh, quality. Or, or beer. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, I yeah. hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, um, the other thing with the um, energy transfer that is a very complicated additional thing is when you emit the 1200 nanometers to the water uh, um, so that the water is absorbing it and then leads to a special ordering on the surface. There are a lot of layers of protein, of, of molecules where the energy has to be transferred. Inside the water vapor Inside itself. the water or okay. in, generally inside the water. Yeah? Okay. So if you have a glass of water, the transfer length is far bigger than you have in a little droplet in vapor. So, so you, yeah? you can't send 1200 nanometers deep enough into water because the just one layer will block it and then the rest of the water doesn't get any structuring. Right, you will lose you will lose a lot of the ordered water. Okay, but so, with vapor that's not an issue because it, the, the molecules are bouncing around essentially. Yeah, and okay. they transfer uh, when you have two droplets. Yeah, one has an ordered surface, the other one has no ordered surface in the moment they touch together. They distribute this kind of energy levels. They balance them out. Okay. Yeah. So, so then with the Nano V, I'm sitting there and I, I look really cool. I'm probably wearing my True Dark glasses, you know, the red glasses. I've got electrodes on my head and I've got this little hose thing in front of me blowing water vapor into my face. Um, I'm telling you, this is how you get dates, just so we're all clear. Anyway, uh, you, you do that, and what are the like? What are the effects biologically of breathing structured water, which is a way of getting it that you you won't get if you drink it. By the way, I also drink structured mm-hmm. water, but it's, yeah. it's it's not the same effect. You can feel a difference. Uh, yeah, um, when you, when you see our material, you we would not refer to structured water. Structured or, water has or a easy different water, other yeah. okay. thing. The exclusion zone, right. easy, easy or ordered water. water. Okay. That is a kind of, let's say, state of water that has a different other description also in the literature. Yeah? Okay. So that helps to, to understand. So easy water from. versus structured, fair point. Okay. Yeah. Or ordered water. Ordered. Yeah. You prefer ordered or exclusive? Ordered zone? water, yeah. Because okay. most of, uh, you, you find a lot of, when you Google, when you go to Wikipedia about protein folding, there's since decades the importance of ordered water. Ordered water. Okay, got yeah. it. And it, it's kind of annoying because there's... Uh, 
And I'm not saying it, it isn't the case, but you know, if, if you pray over your water and you, you know, wave a crystal over it, you know, it's going to somehow absorb things. Who knows? Water is a, we don't know much about water as far as I can tell. I'm not, I'm not saying that isn't the case. I'm just saying that it's not provable given what we have today. So it tends to, to cast doubt on hard science about water chemistry, which is what you're doing. And so ordered water is a yeah. non-charged, well, that's wrong, is, is a non-judgmental term for this stuff that scientists understand has a specific physics meaning. Yes. Okay. And it is also a measurable thing. Yeah, yeah there like you go. Our technology produces with a measured and confirmed electromagnetic bioidentical signal okay. is affecting the water vapor. And it is also measurable and was measured at an institute in Italy that is the product that is coming out of the device is actually ordered or easy water vapor. Yeah. Okay, and, and it's bioidentical because it's exactly the same ordering of water that our cells do using their energy, but we're not using cells energy, we're using a machine to do it and add it to the body. So it's an additive system right. that's bioidentical. Yes, All right. yeah. Bioidentical, the protein itself that is being impacted doesn't care where the energy was emitted, if that was a special activated reactive oxygen species in the cell or if that was our patented technology that um, emitted this energy the protein doesn't care yeah it will do when it is surrounded okay. with the layers and of oxygen so if someone breathes uh, this ordered water out of an anovie on uh, on a regular basis or on a one-time basis you guys have done some some studies mm -hmm. what happens that's measurable in in the body yeah um, measurable it is with any kind of diagnosis technology uh, that can measure protein function. Yeah? There are very simple technologies out there like the oxygen saturation yeah? mm -hmm. measures basically the function of different proteins down to the hemoglobin. So oxygen yeah? saturation goes up. Oxygen saturation goes up That's if it cool. was low beforehand. Yeah? If it was low. Yeah, we're right. not making a superman out of you. We are only trying to install the general... So, <laughs> so you, you can... You can you can address pseudo-hypoxia, which is something that happens when your mitochondria don't work very well. You basically get a, a lack of oxygen even if you're breathing. That would be something that would be addressed by breathing. Is there, yeah, there's a so-called respiration chain from inhaling okay. the oxygen down to the exchange uh, on cellular level yeah, that is that is affecting a lot of proteins, okay. not only the hemoglobin. Then on the cell level, you have the metabolization um, of the oxygen in the cell by the ATP, which is a protein-controlled process again. Yeah? So a lot of people who don't have enough cell energy have a lot of reasons why they don't produce enough energy. Either the mitochondria is not able to produce it, either the important um, building blocks like oxygen is not available yeah? uh, because... It was not transported, it was not released, it was not uptaking from the lung tissue level. There are so many things where the proteins are involved. But what you just mentioned there is the core thesis for Headstrong. 48% of people under age 40 have early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. And everyone over age 40 has it, we just call it aging. So if your mitochondria aren't working that well, one of the, one of the many ways you can address this is by breathing exclusions on water because you're getting so much more, much higher dose of it than you can get from drinking it. 
and you're still counting on your body to make exclusions on water or you would die if you couldn't do that. But just by boosting that, that amount up, you're giving your body more of what it needs to be able to do protein repair, which would be a core anti-aging strategy. That was a very good summary. <laughs> All right, good deal. So, so you, you guys listening, this is pretty deep science we're getting into here. Headstrong is about how do you get more energy in because you feel it in your brain first. And now we're saying, well, what are you going to do with that energy? Well, one of the things you want to do with that energy is repair the body, not just think faster and all that. So we're talking about more rapid repair. What about things like VO2 max, like for athletic performance? Does VO2 max change if you're doing this regularly? Uh, if the VO2 max is, in your case, a protein-controlled barrier that you would like to get up, Yes, we can have the improvement in this thing. Okay, yeah. but that might be in someone who doesn't have good VO2 max because they've been exposed to a biotoxin or because they're old. Or right, was, yeah. But if it's a super athlete, yeah. what's going to happen in yeah. a super athlete? And we have a lot of athletes that are using our technology. When you train your body, you train uh, and you in, enhance a certain, certain kind of processes very often. Okay. Yeah? Um, that is what training is on the first viewpoint. Modern, high-end athletes are looking for far more to the thing to regenerate faster. Because if they train, they understand yeah. that they damage. With accumulating damage, they lost the ability to train, and then mm -hmm. you lose the VO2 max and all those things. Yeah? So okay. they are now focused on it. How can I repair the damage that I introduced by my training? Okay. So faster repair enabled them to train better. So you can do more training more heavily. And one of the things I've stressed since the beginning of Bulletproof is you need to recover like a beast, not train like a beast. Right. And what you're talking about mm -hmm. here is you can train more heavily because you can recover more heavily mm -hmm. because you're using a technology to add energy to the system. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And what other like quantifiable effects? Like, like I know that, that I saw a study uh, when I was doing research before I got the, the device on DNA uh, double strand breaks. What did you guys find there? Yeah. The DNA is in a normal person and the average person, non-ethnic person, is getting damaged around 150,000 times per day by free radicals. In, in a single cell or throughout in the body? In a single cell. So, uh, all right. It's a lot of damage. Yeah? We know that the proteins... Many enzymes, different enzymes, are responsible to repair this as fast as possible. Yeah? So that's the next blueprint where the, that come out of the DNA for the next generation of proteins are flawless. Yeah? So by having the proteins refolding faster, which are exposed to the mm -hmm. image, they can faster execute the repair on the DNA. Interesting. Yeah? So with the faster DNA repair, yeah, you are far closer to your goal of getting older, yeah? healthy, staying healthy old, and perform higher. So, so this is interesting. I, I'm a computer science guy by mm -hmm. training, and there are a lot of developers and, and uh, technologists who listen mm -hmm. to the show. If you're on the tech side of things, there's something called error-correcting code in memory, and it's probably in your iPhone today. And it's fascinating because in, in a chip, you can lose data. And this was a big problem in the first 30, 40 years of computing, where... It, suddenly things just wouldn't work because one electron would go to the wrong place. So eventually we found a way electronically, a very elegant way, in order to make sure that we're constantly rechecking what's in the memory so that if we lose an electron, we can computationally reinsert that. Mm -hmm. What's going on in our bodies is orders of magnitude more elegant because like you're saying, it was 150,000 per second per day? Per day. 150,000 uh, uh, hits 
to mm. the core instructions for how your body makes its hardware. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have a robust system to repair that, what we end up with is mutations, right? And, and so yeah. mm -hmm. mutations are a problem in that they can sometimes lead to cancer and sometimes maybe other things, but ideally the body just effortlessly repairs these things. The problem is that the amount of effort required to repair these things is very high in the face of we don't get enough sleep, we're exposed to bad quality junk light, we're exposed to EMFs, we have too much stress, we exercise too much, we eat junk food, uh, we, we do all sorts of bad things that we really, mm -hmm. that, that this system wasn't designed to account for. Mm -hmm. And this could be accounting for some of the chronic diseases of aging. So, so one of the many pieces of my anti-aging strategy is when I'm doing something else, I, I don't mind spending 15 minutes breathing water vapor because I can do that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it doesn't take away time from something else, which is Another thing, there's lots of stuff you could do. You spend 12 hours a day recovering. Mm -hmm. you, didn't, you didn't spend 12 hours a day with your, with your kids. You didn't spend it working. You just, like, like it's yeah. not a good return mm -hmm. on investment. Yeah. Yeah, that, okay. that is the other thing. We are not only focused on how is a biophysical process working. It is also how can you implement it in your daily life. Yeah? It is not something that you have to do for hours per day. Yeah? Yeah. It is designed that you use it in combination with a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, it could be a standalone treatment in a facility. Yeah? Okay. It could be done while you're working at your desk. Yeah. So there are a lot of different possibilities uh, that it doesn't take more time, any time out of Okay. And, and I'll show you guys my setup just so you can see what this is like. Uh, in fact, we're going to have uh, Rowena uh, come on, uh, who's the other co-founder of the company, who, who works with clinicians and athletes and trainers and all that, um, like how people use this unusual and not well known today way of basically making the body do what it does better. Uh, so is there anything else, uh, Hans, that we should share with listeners about like just the science of, of protein repair either in DNA or in the rest of the body? Um, we have a lot of information on our website. Okay. Uh, well, I haven't even mentioned the website. <laughs> what, I, I, don't, I don't even have it in my show notes. What is your website? Uh, eng 3 corp.com eng3corp.com mm -hmm. and you can tell this is highly optimized for search engine optimization easy to find okay maybe not but uh, eng3corp.com but we'll, we'll, I'll explain what this stuff is mm -hmm. and how it works and if you go to uh, bulletproof.com slash YouTube you just watch the, the end of the video I'll show you the, the setup and all that stuff and before Rowena comes on uh, it, this isn't cheap technology. It, it's it it goes it starts at five thousand, goes up to about thirteen thousand dollars. So you're typically, in order to do this, uh, if you're a pro athlete or something like that, or you know a, a billionaire anti aging guy, fine. Uh, but for the average listener, this is something that you'd find at your trainer's office, at your doctor's office, or something like that. So you can go to the industry website and uh, and find someone in your neighborhood, or just go to wherever you normally go for this kind of stuff and say. Uh, I would I would like to do that. Uh, do you have this? And and this is the sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot of people who run facilities who listen to this as well. It's the sort of thing that um, I think has a place where in the workplace. It, it, when we open the new bulletproof offices that we're working on right now, uh, I will put one of these there so employees can use that. You know, if you're feeling a little odd, yeah, yeah, you, you can yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's it's an additive technology. I would just say like that, but it isn't mm -hmm. something that you necessarily have to buy for yourself. Uh, but something that you can share with many other people. Uh, uh, part of the goal mm -hmm. of, of biohacking is, it, for me, and, and even doing the show and, and writing, 
is I want people to know about these technologies. Mm -hmm. And my assumption is that when there's high demand and over time that the availability and the cost will drop precipitously. So this becomes something like everyone has uh, over time. And and so I talk about, you know, clinical Mm -hmm. grade technologies like this one Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. now, because I'm assuming that 20 years from now, it'll be built into my iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) you mentioned the exposure that a lot of people can use this per day. Mm -hmm. Like you said, in a corporate wellness environment, for example, uh, companies are installing this to have access for their employees. It doesn't matter what age or what health state they are in. It It, works for them. It's pretty easy to breathe water vapor. And with an extremely long lifetime, the cost per treatment is so low. It, it's pennies, yeah. yeah. It is so low it, uh, that it is um, a very, very affordable it, in this viewpoint. In fact, if you look on my Instagram, it's dave.asprey. Uh, and yeah, you should follow me. I do all sorts of weird stuff on Instagram that's not on Facebook. Uh, there's a picture of my parents up here, and they're in their 70s. And uh, my dad's got the cannula. He's actually breathing uh, breathing from the nano-V. So you can definitely, he's, he had a heart attack, what, 10 plus years ago and all that stuff and, and is you know, working on staying strong. So it's kind of fun. Uh, he, was, he was able to use it. So it, it isn't an age-related thing. Well, I have a question for you before we have Rowena on to talk about like what happens mm-hmm. with athletes and, and in an anti-aging practice and things like that. If someone came to you tomorrow and they said, I want to perform better at everything I do, uh, as a human being, so not just athletic performance or business or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what are the three most important pieces of advice you'd have for them? It doesn't have to be anything about uh, mm-hmm. biophysics and about your field, but it can be. So three mm-hmm. most important pieces of advice. I want to kick more ass at everything. What do I need yeah. to know? Take care that you have the right input of the building blocks for your life. Eat good stuff. Eat good stuff. All right. Avoid exposure, environmental exposure that damages do less, blocks. do less of what makes you weak. I like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that could be um, very strong radiation and those things. Yeah. Okay. Such so um, as stop, stop sniffing uranium dust. Uranium dust is one of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the next thing is improve your repair and regeneration capacity. Well, you're definitely a biohacker with that list, like, like that, it, bam. <laughs> In a nutshell, that, that would be the entire set of things I'm doing to live a long time. So. Uh, Hans, uh, thank you for coming on, and you're with Eng3, and we're going to have your other co-founder, uh, Rowena Gates, come on mm-hmm. and just talk about like what we're seeing in athletes and things like that. So thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. As sort of part two of this episode of Bulletproof Radio, I've asked Rowena Gates, who is a co-founder of Eng3, it was also pronounced Eng3, uh, to come on and talk about just the clinical experiences of what's been happening with with this stuff. And Rowena, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. You've been working for 10 years on this kind of technology with Hans. And it's one of those things that I think most people have never heard of. But it is backed by some real serious science. So that's not a very good reflection on me, but no, it, 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 <laughs> it's this one is of these the nature of innovation, right? It's percolating up and, and it gets rolling. Yeah. If you go back, you know, five years ago, how many people had heard of Bitcoin? And, and now it's right. all the rage. So the nature of new technology introductions, it's coming in yes. faster. But there's a, a an incubation period where people are working in a garage somewhere, figuring mm-hmm. out core biological or yeah. other processes. And then it becomes commercialized, and then it comes in at the high level for pro athletes and and you know high end race horses and special forces athletes, mm-hmm. 
And then it comes into clinical people dying and all this stuff like that, and you have clinical trials, and eventually it's built into your iPhone. Like that, that's kind of the, the exactly. flow through. And it may even end your Android if it doesn't catch on fire. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about what's happened over the past couple of years as you've started rolling these things mm-hmm. out to like training facilities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a typical user? Well, our users are very often clinicians or or health practitioners, trainers, or people very interested in improving physical and mental performance. And they can be across the spectrum. They can be people dealing with illness or disease, with prevention, or with performance. And so it's really all of those areas. Our experience, a lot of our experience is helping people regain their health people that have already lost function and are regaining it. So this would have been something that that would have been really applicable for me 20 years ago when I started this. 300 pounds, pre-diabetic, all sorts of problems. In fact, one of the technologies that made a huge difference for me was ozone therapy, Yes. where I'm introducing free radicals into the body to trigger cell healing. This is not introducing free radicals, but this is essentially the result of free radicals is that they generate this this, uh, ordered water and then uh, that, so I'm, I likely generated some ordered water myself. Yeah. It's a little bit more inconvenient and frankly dangerous to do ozone therapy versus breathing water vapor like well, this. Well, it's interesting because it's so complementary and people do ozone therapy in combination with the nano oh, do they? Of At the same course, time because, or one before And also with hyperbarics okay. at either um, a nano session following the, the other treatment or even in conjunction with ozone therapy at the same time depending on the type of therapy they're doing. Okay. But ozotherapy also can kill pathogens. Oh, yeah. Anytime you do detoxification, you're, you're really calling on the energy reserves of the body uh, to take care of it. And so okay. whenever there's a detoxification process, then people also will combine NanoV to help uh, improve the overall outcome and not be so much of a strain on the body. Okay, if the body is using less energy to make ordered water because it just got a big dose of ordered water, it frees up some energy to do other, uh, basically, protein repair things, which is what you need to do yeah. if you're if you're sick. Right, those proteins are clearing out yeah. the carnage that you create okay. by the detoxification. So, so most people listening who are not healthy would be working with a physician, a lot of functional medicine, anti-aging kind of people. This is yes. where you'd find naturopaths, uh, people like that. Yeah. You're unlikely to find this at your local Blue Cross, Blue Correct. Shield hospital kind of environment right correct it doesn't have billing codes so we're not in a standard hospital that means it works right (laughs) but it's the integrated physicians that's the place to look for it because they appreciate first of all what you'd spoken with hans about earlier they appreciate biophysics it's not purely biochemistry which has been sort of the american take on things it's more pharmaceutical Mm-hmm. And I think the German take and um, what our approach certainly is to draw on the energy side of it and the biophysics, not just biochemistry. Okay. And it's the integrative physicians that are thinking along those lines. So on on that side of things, anytime you're making mitochondria work better or repair work better, broad improvements across Correct. across everything rather than treating a specific thing. Uh, in Headstrong, I, I basically... Everything you can find that happens from a, an acute injury to a chronic degenerative illness, they're all mitochondrial and they're all energetic mm-hmm. in origin. This is one of the ways you can pump yeah. up the energetic system, which is why exactly. I have one in my labs, right? 
What about high performance though? So, so let's say that, that we get a, an endurance athlete. Well, those, those are related because okay. the, like with an electromyocardiogram, we've had a clinician show the improvement with the use of NanoV and it's showing mitochondrial function because when the heart works better, it's a, a reflection of how well the mitochondria work. Yeah. And um, that's what you need for, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or a person recovering from illness, that mitochondrial function is absolutely key. And so for athletes, that's where they get the faster repair and they gain an edge. And um, is there it like can a, be quite a, profound. Is there an athlete you can name that we've heard of? Who's okay, I'll call out Matt Boyd, who's a, a starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers and okay. also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And he's been using it for some time, and he's young, but he's the pitchers are doing a lot in a short period of time, a lot of strain, wear and tear, and the recovery is a, a huge factor for them. So, so how would he or a, a pitcher or someone use it after a game, before a game? After all the training. Okay. And so after training after each time. All yeah, and and yeah. then after games because that if you can recover your arm faster, you can pitch better. Okay. You can you know you're a stronger athlete, and so that's a that's a good example. Matt's a good example. Okay. So. And what about so, so that's I, I guess that's more of a strength and, and like a there's a lot of ligament strain and things like that. Uh, what about uh, say someone who wants to be an endurance cyclist? Well, endurance sports are, every endurance athlete should use this, and okay. every um, Ironman. Andre Rosso is the um, probably the biggest name person that you wouldn't have heard of that uses it, but he's done the DECA Ultramarathon. Uh, yeah, DECA Ultramarathon. So that's the equivalent of 10 Ironman races, 10 consecutive days. Is this guy like the world's worst masochist or what? I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> to me. It's unbelievable. And so wow. it's sort of I, that's a, impressive, but it's kind of a poster child for Nanovi, but on the other hand, it's like, but that's not that doesn't sound like a good thing it, to be doing. It's probably not an effective anti-aging strategy to do that. We'll Correct. Okay. But it's but so he's um of the extreme athletes. He would be the extreme of the extreme. I, I, I admire the strength and willpower that it takes to do that. Wow. But every Ironman distance athlete you know those kinds of people it's a lot of wear and tear it's a lot of stress and uh, the person who first got me interested in this is an integrative physician who said well I use it in my practice but where it's really amazing is because I train for Ironman Canada and I need it to recover faster and feel better okay. and we actually have a video from him on our website because he really pushed us to go after you know, you need to start talking to athletes. It, it seems like a lot of CrossFitters would would use this as well. Are you seeing a lot of them use it? Just um, because they're, they're hitting it every day and they need to recover faster. Right, right. And they're really doing some, depending on how they train, some of them are, are um, you know, it's pretty hard on them. And so we do have more of that, especially at one studio down in Oregon. But it's not a, a broad sector for us that I know it, of. It seems like it, it's a natural thing. It, it, if you're running a CrossFit box, if you have one of these, like do your workout and then do some extra recovery. I, I just thought mm -hmm. of that, but it, it's kind of a... Could you repeat that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every CrossFit I, gym well, it, should have this. <laughs> I mean, any time that you're doing physical training, right? If, yes. It's, and speeding recovery is something I've just, it's a mantra since the very beginning yes. of Bulletproof Radio. It, it's like, look, recovery is the, the trick. It's stimulating your body mm -hmm. to cause damage is not that hard to do. 
recovering effectively so you get stronger is hard to do. Exactly. And so this is, I think, an effective technology with some real science behind exactly. it. And one okay. of the good things about guys like CrossFit or any athlete that really depletes themselves, like they go all out, mm -hmm. then it's more noticeable because they know that they're going to feel terrible the next day and so on. So they, then when you use the Nano-V, it's very clearly different. And okay. I've had people say, oh, I feel cheated mm -hmm. because I wasn't suffering the next day. That kind of thing. It's like I didn't feel like I worked out, but I know I did. <laughs> uh, what about uh, jet lag and like sort of the corporate athlete? I, I use it when I get back from a long trip, but I also use everything You don't else, take so. it with you? <laughs> oh. I, there, it's not really that carry-on sized. It, it, oh. Not with it, everything else I carry. Yeah, if right. it was the size of this, <laughs> uh, anyway. It's great for jet lag and it's great for hangovers. And it's because mm, both yeah. of them are repair processes. Mm -hmm. It's all about repair. And also anything that affects the autonomic nervous system, rebalancing, getting back into homeostasis, the, those hormone functions, melatonin, all those things are the body rebalancing. Okay. So if you help it with the autonomic nervous system, you're, which is always measurable, it's mm -hmm. easy to show with the device, then you help with something like jet lag and, and also you know, other conditions. That so this would be like the, the main use cases would be, you know, excessive like life stress, which is jet lag and travel and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, hangovers, which is <laughs> seriously like At that. trade shows. It, yeah, trade shows would be a, a good thing. And then uh, endurance or strength training just to, yes. to speed recovery from either one of those during training or maybe after a game. Uh, what about, and then we talked about medical stuff. It seems like after like a surgical recovery would be pretty powerful. We have uh, dentists and plastic surgeons that will use it to help their their patients heal faster, recover faster. So that's okay. their use of it. Um, if you for a plastic surgeon or or a dentist, if they can reduce the swelling, bruising, and pain associated with the surgery, they get a better outcome. It can mm. be pretty beneficial to them. So it's used okay. for that. And then I think you mentioned before with Hans, all the all the chronic illnesses, and there's a, a big number of home users that that will use it to help address whatever yeah. condition. I, I would imagine just having lived with toxic mold, I, I did Moldy, the, the documentary. If you're listening and you haven't seen Moldy movie, moldymovie.com, uh, guys like Mark Hyman and Daniel Amen are in it. And this is mm -hmm. one of those things where I felt good and then I moved into a new place or started working in a moldy place and I just lost my energy. You get a direct mitochondrial inhibition from these toxins. And to recover from that, adding more energy into the system, uh, for me it was, I used uh, light, <laughs> uh, food, ketones, mm -hmm. uh, electrical stimulation, uh, ozone, and this mm -hmm. is another technology I didn't have when I was recovering, right. but if I was working on recovering now, I'd add that to my stack, right? Perfectly, yeah, exactly, okay. and most importantly, getting the toxins out of your system. Well, yeah, you have to do the, the whole mold it's, protocol thing, or Lyme, yeah, chronic which, Lyme disease. Which can thing. be taxing, and yeah. so that's also where yeah. the, it, it will support that, that whole process. Awesome. Well, I think that answered the, the vast majority of use case questions I yeah. had for you. And one, one thing I noticed, it says in the, the instructions, uh, warning, and maybe really energizing. And I'm like, look, I use energy for sleep. I, I'm a very effective sleeper. So if I increase mitochondrial function before I sleep, my sleep efficiency scores go up. So I didn't tell uh, Dr. Lana, my wife, really what was going on. I said, hey, sit here and breathe this thing for 20 minutes. 
so she's a, a willing guinea pig most of the time. Sometimes a little bit unwilling, but anyway, she, she breathed this stuff. And she didn't sleep for four hours. And she's like, I have all this energy. What's going on? What's going on? And how common is that? It's relatively common, and it's usually if it's used after about four or five in the afternoon. Yeah, this would have been probably like eight or nine. Yeah, okay. and then people feel perky and fresh, which is very common. They get a little clarity and they feel alert, but you don't want that when you're trying to go to sleep. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I guess I may be just one of those effective sleepers. Um, I also I wrote almost all of Headstrong between 11 p.m. and 4 or 5 a.m., uh, I'm naturally wired to be uh, what Michael Bruce, the, the power of wind, the sleep doctor, uh, what he would call uh, a wolf, which means like 15% of the population is genetically night owls, 15% are those those annoying morning people. And I'm just kidding. I just like to make fun of them because they've made fun of me for being a night owl. It's like, haha. Anyway, uh, but I, I did for, especially the last half of the book, I had the Nana V uh, by then. So I would actually sit there and I'd like breathe it at night while writing yeah. the book. And because I'm wearing true dark glasses, because I have controlled the lighting in my environment, I wasn't damaging my circadian mm -hmm. rhythm. And I'd sleep and I'd be fine well, and it would all work. See, once you, once you, once you get a, over that initial adjustment to it, it will help with sleep. It's a, it, okay. In fact, it's widely used for sleep oh, it is, because okay. it's balancing the autonomic nervous system. So that settling mm. effect helps people sleep better and it's very measurable that, that they can sleep more soundly. So once you get adjusted to it, then it can be a great tool for, for actually initiating sleep. Mm. People... Some people that don't sleep well will wake up and do a session in the night and go back to sleep. No, I'm going to totally probably piss you off right now, but uh -huh. I just thought of this, and I'm just going to tell people to do this who are biohackers. If you have sleep apnea and you have a CPAP machine, here's what I would do, okay? I would poke a hole in the side of the hose, and I would plug the water vapor output from the Nano-V into the CPAP machine so that while I'm getting the CPAP, I would also be getting Nano-V at night. And since you already have a vacuum cleaner sound while you're sleeping, you might as well do this. Well, Did I just like violate well, some you, HIPAA no, thing? No, you just described at least one doctor and oh, several people I know. I but, just thought of that. I was like, I'm so cool. And there you go. No, like, <laughs> one medical doctor told me that, and I've had other people. So... They can be used in, definitely in, in conjunction with CPAP. Mm -hmm. You could also just put the cannula on your nose if you're willing to be all right. wired up and you sleep. I don't have sleep apnea, and I, I probably could sleep with the noise, but I, it seems like you'd move around enough that you wouldn't get the water vapor it, dose. It, the matter. best thing is to reclaim your health so you don't need, you know, the other interventions because they're disruptive to sleep. They save okay. your life on one hand, but they can be disruptive. So the more you can reclaim your your health, reclaim your health, your natural rhythms. You know, all of that, the better. That, that sounds so, like, slow and old school. I mean, isn't there more we can do while we're asleep? Because that's, like, free time. If, if, you, if I could put, like, 50 different biohacking <laughs> technologies on my body and sleep better and, like, wake up, like, you know, you better. You just said you were the advocate of recovery. Yeah, I know. Right? That's when your body recovers. It has to repair things at night. But shouldn't I give it, like, even more repair juice at night? Well. That's kind of what this is. People people do sleep with it and use it at night, but it's usually when they're ill and they really okay, need really more time on the device. All right. Yeah. I got it. And the normal time on the device is like 15 minutes on the heavy-duty one or up to an hour on the, Correct. the lighter weight one. Correct. Okay. And so if people do one session a day, then if they're really struggling with a, a challenging condition or mm -hmm. illness, 
they might double that or do three or four times the normal amount, in which case they can run out of time and then they'll use it at night. Is there any reason I shouldn't just have it running eight hours a day on my desk? There is no reason at all, and there's no possibility to overdose. Again, it's biophysical, not biochemical. So the only thing that happens is maybe your body doesn't need any more of that signal, and it's actually not helping anymore, but it could never hurt. All right. Well, that's super cool. I, I realized I never asked you that. It's a good thing because I sometimes overdo a few technologies. That's the beauty. That's one of the real glories of this technology is that it doesn't have the potential for interactions. Okay. It doesn't have the potential for harm. Okay. So, so that, that's helpful because I, I yeah. didn't harm myself. Because it's triggering mechanisms in your body that don't have the potential to do harm. Okay, or cool. Or to, to interact in an unknown or undesirable way. Well, well, thanks, Rowena. I think now we should end the official episode. Yes. But if you're going to tune in on YouTube, bulletproof.com slash YouTube to get here, uh, we're going to just take the camera over. And it's got to be the camera with my mic on it, which means that camera. Uh, I'm just telling Elliot that. And uh, then we're going to just turn the camera around. You'll see the studio and you'll see my setup, uh, how, I've got, uh, how I've got this setup. It's actually right next to my neurofeedback thing here. So... Walk on over with me. We'll check that out. Uh, in the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about this, you can ask at your local wherever facility. You can go to the Eng3. It's eng3corp.com. Properly pronounced Eng3, but you can spell E-N-G, like engineering3corp.com. And then they have like a, a finder sort of thing. Uh, and I don't have an affiliate deal uh, or anything like that. I just... This is a really cool piece of tech that I'm using, and I think that uh, it's it's worth looking at from a mitochondrial and a systems repair perspective, and you're going to see how I do it. So walk with me over to this, and we'll check it out. All right, this is it. And so you guys know, this screen at night is way too bright. It's blue light. So I actually put black tape over the green light here because green in- interrupts circadian rhythm or I'm wearing my true darks. And I usually cover the screen, which is something that I would, I would like to not have to do. And since Hans is hearing me say that, I bet you anything that they'll have a red light on there pretty soon, right? So all you do is you sit here and you, you do what you're doing. Kind of looks like I have a microphone in front of me and I'll put my mic up to this. You hear that? Like, it's basically a very soft, uh, a very soft, just blowing of slightly moist air. And you just sit and you breathe it. Very simple, and you get that very high surface area ordered water that saves your mitochondria the energy of making that. So this is something that I do at my standing desk and just flip the camera around. My standing desk is back there. Sometimes I put it on my desk and and come back to me, Elliot. Uh, and then behind me, I have some of the neurofeedback gear from uh, 40 years of Zen just on the table. We don't need to like, like zoom in on that or anything, but I will use this while I've got the electrodes on my head, um, or I will use it um, just pretty much whenever I'm going to be in one place for 15 minutes. And I don't obsessively use it. Some days I don't use it, but overall it's an additive thing. And when you're looking at aging and death and all that, it's lots of subtractive things. So anytime I can get an opportunity to add something back in instead of take something out, I'll take it. Anytime I can avoid doing something that caused extra damage, I'll avoid it. And that general strategy, which is to not be perfect, but to just move things in the direction of less damage and more repair equals more performance now, your brain works better now, 
and you'll probably live longer along the way. So there you go. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening. If you like this, go to iTunes and say, I liked this and share it with people. Leave a review. I think we've passed 1,500 reviews. I'm grateful for that. And something that would be even more impactful is go onto Amazon, take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review of Headstrong. It's got a couple hundred reviews, but it's a, a really impactful book, maybe even more important than The Bulletproof Diet. Bulletproof Diet is very food-based, very actionable, and Headstrong has got a lot of good science that's understandable, and it's got actionable stuff for turning on mitochondria that goes way beyond just diet. And the first place you're going to feel mitochondrial function is in your brain. Your brain turns on first, then the heart, and then the rest of the body. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.